Hello everybody and welcome back to Goldbridge Saves Football. We're back after a little bit of a winter break, which actually was only a few days. Uh, I hope you all had a great Christmas. We've got lots to get into and our big topic today is going to be the best January Premier League signings ever. But Will, Merry Christmas. I hope you had a good one. Uh, don't know what the Blues did, so you may as well have your section there on that. Yeah, I mean, I could do 15 minutes and that. Spent 11.99 on a Now TV pass to settle down to a lovely Boxing Day fixture against Stoke City. Um, and we were 3-0 down by about 65 minutes. So uh, Get the pretty monopoly well spent. Out. Yeah, um, I actually did a bit of Lego, uh, which shows how bad it was at the end. Um, so terrible Christmas for me. Hope yours was a little bit better. Great to see Hoyland scoring. Well, yeah, I did you a favour uh, beating the Villa. And um, yeah, from, from a footballing point of view, it was fantastic. Um, and also from a from a festive point of view, it was great. Obviously, celebrating the the, the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, that's what that's what mm -hmm. I always do. That's what, all day Christmas Day. I was just thinking this is Jesus's day. But away from that, I thought, well, actually, I'm going to try Yorkshire puddings for the first time. Uh, first Christmas with I a Yorkshire that. pudding. I mean, I did put a picture up on Twitter. It, it received very good feedback. And um, yeah, I, I I'm a fan of Yorkshire pudding, but I'd never had it on a Christmas dinner. And I'd, and I'd done it on a watch along. And 70 percent of people said they had it with their Christmas dinner. I thought I'm missing out. Tried it. For me, the components of my Christmas dinner were already perfect. Added this, didn't think it could be any better. It was, it was, and and that's my advice to anyone. Never say, you know, when when your partner wants to try something exciting in the dressing room, in the bed, in the bedroom, you know, keep an open mind. That's what I say for twenty twenty four. So what you're saying is put your knob through a Yorkshire pudding. Is that what you're saying? We're not saying that. That's 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 that. We don't want a dick in a hole. Toad and hole was absolutely fine. Uh, anyway, look, loads to catch up on because since the last one, we've actually had two Premier League game weeks. We've got Goldbridge where Will was on fire. I mean, I was just saying, Solanke, stop scoring! You're ruining the game at one point. But uh, I salvaged it back with some of the Boxing Day fixtures. We'll look ahead to the to the next weekend, um, of course. Um, but I suppose the first place to start is uh, who'll be top at Christmas. That is all. That song is dead for another year. But we got it wrong because it actually ended up being Arsenal, Will. Yeah, I mean, I, I going into that, I think the main one was the worry was Aston Villa, wasn't it, for me going into those two games. Sheffield United at home um, and then a, a game against, well, obviously Sheffield United was before Christmas. I thought it was going to be nervy. Wilder's got a Sheffield United. Going, I know you've written them off, Luton and Sheffield United, so early on, and I've been backing them, but they have been performing under Wilder. It was a nervy game, Cameron Arch obviously scoring, and then obviously they go into the Manchester United game, got the two early goals, but I mean, Do I crap. saw the game, chat to my villa, yeah, chat to my villa mates. They said it was probably the worst performance of the season, so that was a relief. That was a little Christmas present for me, and then Arsenal, yeah, sort of maybe a little bit of a surprise. I know Arsenal fans think we sort of write them off a little bit in the Spotify comments, but yeah, bit of a surprise for me. Well, I had a few people say to me, you know, isn't it, isn't it coincidental that uh, Goldbridge sees John McGinn a few days before the Villa-Man United game and Villa put in their worst performance of the season? Look, the mm. only thing that was exchanged between me and John Kit McGinn was curious looks. That was it. There was no money. There was no threats. It was just curiosity. And uh, maybe curiosity killed the cat because they lost. But uh, maybe I got in his head. Maybe I got in his head with that little glance that was all that was needed. But uh, I did feel that actually, I mean, what we want to get your thoughts, everybody in the comments on Spotify and iTunes about what your top five Premier League signings are of all time. We're going to do that in a moment. But what I also want to do is set you a little bit of homework, actually, because we read the comments and um, I would love to know, Will, I would love to know, instead of moaning about VAR, can a few of you get in the comments for the next episode and tell us 
factually, how many points Liverpool, Arsenal and Villa would be better off if they'd had fair VAR decisions and how many points worse off Man City would be if we'd had fairness. Because obviously we had that handball with Everton, we had the handball for Liverpool and Odegaard and then we had the push in the back in the Sheffield United game. And if, if, our, if Villa had scored in that first half, there's no way Sheffield United are going to win that, get a point. And Liverpool might have beaten Arsenal um, and Man City might not have beaten Everton. And I just think it'd be very interesting if someone can do that in the comments because I think off the top of my head, Man City probably would be two to four points worse off if we'd had fair VAR against them. And I certainly think Villa, Arsenal and Liverpool would be at, at least two points better off. So it's an interesting one. I think the one screams to my mind when you speak about Manchester City and not the most disastrous decision of the season by far, but that's probably more because of the horrendous VAR decisions and the awful mistakes they've made. But was the, was it against Crystal Palace or Fulham when it was the guy was clearly in the eye line of, uh, of the goalkeeper and, and they got that yeah. goal given where it was, where I literally, it was I mean, it happened, didn't it, with Liverpool, wasn't it? And that they got the goal removed, even though Salah was being pushed into the offside position. But that that one was, yeah, they, they got that chalked up. Well, we'll revisit that because I'm sure somebody will get in the comments and work that out for us and we can revisit that maybe on the Tuesday show. But what I will say is, without getting into too much, because it's still Christmas, I like the Christmas week in between Christmas and New Year and, you know, the 12 days of Christmas. I don't want to bring the mood down. But what I will say is that it's becoming more and more clear uh, that the Premier League title race is being dictated to by bad officiating. Villa should have had a penalty. Maybe Liverpool should have had a handball. Maybe Man City shouldn't have had a handball. And that's just one Premier League weekend. Um, what is also on the horizon before we preview some of the weekend and do Goldbridge is the January transfer window, Will. And uh, we messaged each other over Christmas about this. And I said, wouldn't it be great because it's Christmas week to do something a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of novelty, but like a Christmas cracker joke. And um, I thought, let's do the top five Premier League January transfer win uh, transfers ever, because there's been some really interesting ones. And actually the one that's my number one, I'd forgotten was a January transfer. So um, I don't know. I've got a bit of a short list. Uh, I've, I've actually got some people that didn't make it. But um, what were your thoughts on doing the research for this? Because I was actually surprised by some of them. I think the, the magnitude of some of the names that come up near the top of my list, I couldn't actually believe a January transfer window signings because mm. you look at those signings and you think, you know, they've got to wait till the summer, get all the paperwork done. But they are some big game changers in this list. And I think you'll be surprised at home as well. Yeah, well, look, before we do the signings, um, I actually was looking at loan signings. And this is, again, another one for people in the Spotify, because I don't I don't think me and Will pretend that we're the font of all knowledge. I think the great thing about the community we have here and on YouTube is that there are some really intelligent football fans out there these days. And we thrive on that. It's a little bit, little bit like that David Brent uh, saying, isn't it, in the office where he is asked for a saying and he can't really come up with one and he sort of messes it up. But he goes, you know, I like to surround myself with employees who are better better than me or think they're better than me because it it gets me on my toes and i think i think that's my motto as well i like i like our community to have intelligent people who think they're intelligent but they're probably not as intelligent as me when it comes to football um which reminds me actually on christmas day night we were playing uh games will and uh we played the chase which is quite a good board game I don't know, have you played the chase oh, nice no no like the tv show though yep yeah, played the chase and uh you know when you know when your family underestimates you uh, basically, I, that, it was my turn on the chase. I blitzed it, and they were like, d d "Just I, all I could hear was this thud as jaws hit the uh, the table as to how intelligent uh, I actually am." 
But anyway, back to what I was saying. And um, mm. Jesse Lingard, loan, best loan January signing ever when he went to West Ham. Well, so much so that a friend of mine and friend of yours, Jack, actually got a tattoo of him, didn't he? To try and, I don't know if it was to keep him at West Ham, but uh, such was the love of that season. He was sort of a, a, a maestro in midfield, scoring all the goals. He went on that amazing run of goals, didn't he? And he just kept scoring. And mm. I, yeah, Muddy didn't, he never went back, did he? I don't think. No, I mean, he should have done. He went to Forest for money, didn't he? But it just shows you that crap players can still be good January signings. I mean, Lingard's very much, uh, you know, open season when it comes to being ridiculed, but he did. He was a very, very good January uh, signing. Also, um, shout out for people from the past a little bit, talking about West Ham again. I remember they bought Paul Kitson and Joe, uh, John Hartson many years ago in January and basically kept them up. Um, a few notable ones that didn't make my top five. Louis Diaz from uh, from Liverpool. I thought he came in and did quite a good, uh, quite a good job quite quickly. A uh, couple from Chelsea, Ivanovic and Matic were both ch- January signings for them and went on to do very, very well. Uh, Seamus Coleman was bought by Everton from Sligo oh. Rovers in, in, in January as well. Um, and um, I would probably say that um, Coutinho, when he went to Liverpool from Inter Milan, was also a January signing as well. So there's a few that didn't make my top five, but there's a, you know the comments are going to be really interesting on this. I think honourable mention as well. I don't know if he's in yours, but Bamiang I think moved to mm. moved to Arsenal in January as well. I just couldn't read my writing, Will. That's the that's the one I couldn't that's read. It. You know, when I paused a little bit, I was like, "What the hell does yeah. that say?" And it was a Bamiang. <laughs> it was a, a Bamiang. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'll admit, I am drinking doing this podcast, which is fine. Don't drink and drive, but do or optionally can drink and do podcasts. Not my words. Yeah, nice. The words of of. Budweiser, um, no, they, yeah. they 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 refuse to actually comment. But I am drinking that um, pint cans. Which uh, any other brands that mm. do pint cans? I've got to say, Budweiser. I think every Christmas something really impresses me. The chess board game, and I've never really watched the chase. And um, I think I just called it chess. And uh, pint <laughs> beer cans, pint beer cans. I, I, I'm loving that. That's 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 a real novelty. But um, should we do our top fives? Yeah, do you want to do like five, you five, me four, you four, go down like that? Yeah, let's let's both do uh, who our, our, our number five is then. Who have you got in at five? Well, in at five for me, and I can't underestimate how much this man probably changed the course of history for a short period of time for my beloved Birmingham City. And in at number five for me, I've got Christophe Dugarry. Now, many will laugh and scoff at this, and Mark will think I'm just getting my Birmingham City mention in. But for Birmingham City to get in the Premier League at the time was like, it was, as a kid, mind-blowing. To be flirted with relegation was pretty obvious in the first season. But then to sign a World Cup winner, because at the time in 2001, it was still at the time where when foreign players were coming into the Premier League, it was still of like, it, you thought everyone was going to be great. And especially a World Cup winner from France 98, which still has the nostalgia with me. Five goals, 16 games, doesn't sound amazing. Kept us up that season, then left by the following January, but we don't like to talk about that. So in at five for me, Christophe Dugarry. Yeah, I, I think what Will's done here is he's seen a Premier League uh, topic that we're doing and thought, I can shoehorn Birmingham City into this because my number Correct. five is Bruno Fernandes. Um, 
Manchester United signing came in in January and for the first year was incredible and still, even now, when United are crap, still tops most um, uh, stats in relation to goal creation. So, um, yeah, there's there's better than Bruno in this list, but I, I started off with Bruno at number five. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Will's gone with Christopher Duggery. Buggery. Bugger me. It's Duggery. Um, who's your number four? To give him. Uh, no, number four for me is, uh, and I, you know, now you brought him up in your honourable mentions, but number four for me, I've gone for Ivanovic because mm. you were talking about stats. Now you're already stat padding on this list, talking about Fernandez and his gold and his assists and his expected goals. Very but good I talk player. about medals. Cold, hard, metal medals. Gold mm. medals. Uh, he won it all at Chelsea. One of them players I think you'd love to have in your team, very generic saying, but a seven or eight every time he played. Um, and I think Chelsea fans love him dearly to this day. And he was a January signing in 2008. And he went on to make 377 appearances in, a, in various Chelsea sides as well under various managers. I don't know what Chelsea fans think of him, but as a Manchester United fan, I, I, I think he's massively underrated and, and a fantastic player for them, Ivanovic. Um, don't have a problem with that. Not the only Serbian, I think, that's going to make it into the top five. Let's leave it at that. Because my number four is going to be Patrice Evra. Came to Manchester United mm. in January. I don't think it... I don't, I'm not sure whether... It, I don't know when the January transfer window actually became the January transfer window. It doesn't matter because it's still a January signing. Andy Cole actually signed for Manchester United in January, if I correct, if, if, if I think correct. Um, but uh, he's not in my top five. Patrice Evra, it, Patrice Evra is my number four. Okay, coming in at three for me, this is where we get to the big hitters and it was sort of trying to decide who bought most to what team for what value. So for number three, I've gone for Luis Suarez signing for Liverpool. Sort of at the time when Andy Carroll signed. Yeah, um, I think we all know which player went on to have a good career and which player went on to maybe not have such a good career. But Luis Suarez in at three, why have you picked him there? Well, I've probably bitten off more than I can chew, being a Man United fan, if you get pardon the pun. Um, but yeah. um, I, I, I look. I just had to acknowledge the the impact that he had at Liverpool, and I just remember, especially that season where Brendan Rodgers basically fucked it up, didn't he? When they um, they blew it against Chelsea and at Istanbul. Um, I don't like Suarez. It's funny how we've got Everett and Suarez four and three for me actually, because uh, let's let's just say they had a bit of a. A bit of a do uh, once at uh, Anfield. But um, yeah, as much as I despise him for some of the things he's done, I can't... We're, we're talking about January, best January signings ever. And from a Liverpool point of view and what he did, um, from from pr- pretty much unknown. I know at Ajax he was quite well rated, but I think Liverpool sort of put him on the map, map as, a, as a top, top level player. So yeah, begrudgingly, I hate, I hate doing it, but I think I would have to have him as number three. Um, who's your number two? Number two for me, uh, I've crossed them out, scribbled again, wrote them down, scribbled again. 
In at number two for me is Virgil van Dijk. Ooh. Won it all at Liverpool, 75 million. And that probably comes into the working out for why I've gone for a different person at number one. I still think there's more to come from him. So maybe if we revisited the list in five years' time, he could be top. But Premier League, Champions League, and I think there's still more to come. But just because of the price, he's in at number two for me. Uh, interesting. I've gone for Vidic at number two, Manchester United. Wow. Uh, came in the same time as Evra. Um Probably my favourite centre-back in Premier League history. Um, taking emotion out of it, Vidic was just an amazing centre-back. And, I'd, I'd put, you know, if you want a, a centre-back in your team, it's him. The, the only the reason I didn't put him down as number one is because he, he actually didn't adjust very quickly. Um, he took a bit of time, both him and Ever did. But, you know, for his career, what he achieved. There's a famous quote, I think, from Paul Scholes about seeing them in training Everett and Vidic and going, what the hell have we done here? I think we've made a mistake. So I think there was a bit of uh, adjustment period, but what a signing he ended up being. Yeah, well, I mean, that clears the way for me, doesn't it? Number one for me, Nemanja Vidic, just because of the... Mm. Even in 2006, £7 million is still a remarkable signing. Obviously, like you said, tough start, but cracked on. And for me, that's why I did it, just because of the cost. So you've gone, I imagine, Van Dyke number one. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to give it to Vidic, um, but I tried to be a little bit fairer on this. And I just thought the reason I gave it Van Dyke was two reasons, actually. One, very personal. Um, you know, he's a good friend of mine. No, they're not really. Um, yeah. uh, it was because I, th- I just think Vidic came into United side and did very, very well. But it was a United side with history of winning the Premier League. Um, whereas mm-hmm. Van Dyke came into a Liverpool side that hadn't won the Premier League and I think was so transformative. For Liverpool, I know the price was high, and then secondly, I remember when they bought him, and I laughed. I did, I, the tweet—I don't know whether I deleted it. I don't normally delete it, but it still does exist in the communities uh, and on certain forums. I basically said, "Ha, seventy-five million pounds for a Dutch Chris Smalling," which actually Chris Smalling's not oh, bad. I think Neil Neil Warnock described him as no better than was it Chris Samba? Remember at Blackburn? Yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Who actually also wasn't that bad. Yeah. Remember he used to score every week for Blackburn, or you know, you ever, you ever look back on football like that? And it, I felt like Matt Letitia used to score a worldie every week. I felt like Chris Samba scored every week for Blackburn. He probably scored like two goals, I bet. There'd be a good eleven in like I don't want to say streets won't forget eleven, but maybe putting something around that of like so you can get your, your Chris Sambas in there. I don't want to be doing streets won't forget because that gets you know what I'm trying to say. So, Will, give us your top five and I'll I'll give you my top five. We might put this down as a poll, but it's really more for you at home to get in your comments on Spotify and give us your top fives, really. So, Will's top five is... Christoph Dugarry, Ivanovic, Luis Suarez, Virgil van Dijk and number one, Nemanja Vidic. Uh, And my top five was Bruno Fernandes, uh, Patrice Evra, Luis Suarez, Nemanja Vidic and in at number one, Virgil van Dijk. And I've got to say, before we did this... I'd forgotten that Virgil van Dijk was a January signing and I'd forgotten quite a few of these were. So, it, you know what? Man United constantly will put out this from the director of football. They constantly do this every year. We don't like to do business in January. We don't think it's a good market to do business in. We like to do it in the summer. Well, sit the fuck down and watch this show. 
Because yeah. I tell you what, all right, the summer transfer window is always going to dominate, but you can get some bloody good players in January, and you always and they, some of these are going back 10, 15 years. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a. I mean, look at what Chelsea did last year. It's not, it's a myth to say that you can't do good business in January. Also, I think we're going into an absolute sort of A plus January transfer window because of the resources that some teams have got, the competitive competitiveness of the league. I think this January could be A1. Well, I'd like to do that maybe. Well, we're going to run out of time next week because we're talking about VAR. Maybe we will get time. But one of the shows next week, I'd like to do one player every club should sign in January. Realistic. I mean, they won't do it, but like what we think every player should get. But uh, enjoyed that. Don't forget to get on Spotify and give us your top fives. We might have missed a few. I mean, as I said, I'm sure there are a few that we missed, but I think I think we've got it right. But uh, give us your top fives as well. And don't forget that VAR thing, because I want to use that as a as um, um research for next week. But it's good to be back. I'm enjoying this podcast. Uh, I know it's that week in between Christmas and New Year that some people get really depressed. I love it, Will. I love it. Yesterday, I just sat there. Boxing Day, I watched The Lion King with, uh, I nearly said with Fred. He's not invited, Seb. And then yesterday we watched Nativity, Tabby McTaff or something like that. And then Mog's oh, Christmas, yeah. um, Building Lego. Just things you'd never normally do. I love I, I do like it. I do like it. Well, I tell you, how many times have I tell you you've got to switch up a bit, you know? I saw you tweeting on Christmas Day. I was thinking going to text you and say, put the phone down, have a look at the turkey, get the Lego out and put your feet up. I like tweeting on Christmas Day, though. I do. I, I like going on Twitter on Christmas Day. It's it's, it's not really football. It's um, silly stuff, really. Um, there was a few people sort of, you know, you know, really in, in depth talking about stuff. And I was just like, what are you doing? It's Christmas Day. Pictures of your Christmas dinner is fine. Drunken messages to wind people up is fine. But uh, yeah, let's not be talking about who's playing in midfield tomorrow. It's it's Christmas, really. Um, didn't really watch much TV at Christmas, Will, did you? Christmas Day? Uh, no, I thought TV was a bit crap. We watched a load of old stuff. I always watched the Father Ted Christmas special. Oh, I love that, the Royal yeah. Family Christmas special. Love that. Um, yeah, just, there wasn't really too much on, really. New Chicken Run 2, I watched. Absolutely fantastic view. Uh, yeah, yeah, Seb was watching that before Christmas. I watched a bit of that. I'll tell you what I did. Um, I was around my sister's house, and uh, there was three gener- generations there. And two things, I had a really good day, actually. Actually, three things. I put a picture on Instagram, reminded me when I was eight or nine, uh, we went into the spare room and used these couple of small goals and we played living room football, me, Seb and my nephews, uh, which I could could have played that for a week. It was great fun. Um, Also got really tired at about four o'clock. Everyone was in the kitchen chatting, downed my right red wine, went and lay on the sofa and watched Home Alone and fell asleep. That was good. And then uh, lunchtime, didn't think I was going to do this year. Went to one of my best mates from school on Christmas Eve. He's got a pub. Shout out to the Unicorn in Lango. We went for a lovely meal there. And all the local pubs were closed on Christmas Day, which is something I always brag about. I always say, oh, I love it when I'm back in Nottingham. I always go to a local pub Christmas Day. Didn't think anywhere was open. Got a message saying, uh, the pub in Hose is open. So we went to Hose and had a couple of pints. I love a pint on Christmas Day. Just a, just a couple of pints at lunchtime. Love, love, love that. And got recognised, which you know me, I've got such a big head and ego. That was great as well. And I, act all, I acted all like, oh, you know, just, I'm just a normal person. But uh, <laughs> deep down, deep down, I know I'm not. I, I know I am special. And getting noticed on Christmas Day is, you know, 
it's a special day for people. That's probably the best. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, I've lost my way. Um, but no, yeah, I hope everyone had a good Christmas, actually, and made good memories. And even if you made bad ones, there's always 2024 around the corner. Exactly. New, new year, new hope, new owners. Dropping Christmas Eve, always good for you. Oh, that, that is football related. I tell you what, I couldn't believe that. I will remember it as a Christmas memory, but that you should, like you say, football should not be a Christmas memory. We'd, we'd driven to Nottingham, was just unpacking the car, checked my phone. Ryan, who you know, goes, I've heard they're going to announce it at four o'clock. I said, my, my message was expletively, you're having a fucking laugh. I'm just about to get on the mauled wine. I'll be, I'll be comatose. And he said, no, four o'clock, they're going to announce it. Oh, you can't do that. I was live at four o'clock in my bloody nephew's bedroom. No one wants to be doing that. People are like he looks like he's in a stable. I said, it's, "Don't worry, it's not. It's, I'm not trying to recreate a nativity scene." I couldn't. I was t- chatting away in a live chat, and I was like, "I can't believe I'm doing this at half past four on Christmas Eve, talking about a 25 percent stake of the ownership." But I suppose, um, anyway, I know you've been looking forward to this bit, Will, all Christmas. Uh, ever since Solanke scored a hat trick at the weekend, you thought, "Oh, I'm up to my nuts." In no, um, um, I'm eating my nuts. It's Brazil nuts and all that lot. Um, and bloody did it again on Boxing Day. So how many points did you get on Goldbridge? Because uh, it was a double game week and I was in trouble from the first game week. But we had we, we made our selections and we, we said they they count for two weeks. So we probably got more points than we normally would. But uh, I got I, thought I got you down for five. Well, so we game week in 18 and 19 combined. So we picked five players for, for both of those. We have, as of recording, still got tonight's fixtures, which... Uh, some of us I've got Hazu still. In. I think yeah. you've got Kulisevsky. So going into the I game know. week, I was sixteen fifteen in favor in favor of me. So mm. what I've got down, and tell me if I'm wrong, and we can uh, resurrect this. Um, Solanke four goals over two game weeks. Bowen one, and then I've had nothing else so far. But I have got Kulisevsky and Bowen tonight. I've got you down for Nunes one and Hoyland one. And Alanga. Oh, and Alanga, yeah. And yeah. I, but I was going to say, actually, he, I forgot he scored in the game week 18, but obviously his performance, the, just to provide that many assists for Chris Wood, you deserve the goal anyway, but you have got it. So I make that 21-18. Uh, yeah, you're right, Currently. yeah, 5-3, five, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, very good week for Will. I can't deny it, you know. Um, I've got a bit of work to do, which is why this week I've uh, I've gone a little bit. Um, I've still gone a little. I've gone a little bit safe, safe in some senses, but um, yeah. Should we start? We'll do this week, and then we could do a few either ors about the games, I suppose. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, do you want to do, we'll do, let's do alternative as we normally do. So if you want to go with your first pick and then I'll go with mine. Um, well, in a way, I suppose I've stolen it from you. Uh, I have gone Solanke this week. 
that's fine. I think we have a sort of unwritten rule between us that we you know we don't sort of double down on back-to-back weeks, and especially having a double weeker. So you can have Solanke. Um, number one for me, I've gone for Cole Palmer. Chelsea have got mm. Luton away. Luton looking very good, but I don't know if I've been sucked into this sort of Chelsea revival because they've won one game. So after you. Yeah, I'm sticking with that Chelsea game. I've always got, I've, I've gone with Nicholas Jackson. Um, I, I feel stupid and idiotic doing it, but he just seems to get loads of chances. And at, at some point, I think he's going to go and do a hat-trick or something. So, yeah, my second pick is Jackson. Second pick for me is Mohamed Kudos for West Ham. Now, this is mm. the point where someone tells me he's suspended, but I don't know if, I feel like the yellow cards have been wiped out after this week. But Brighton, no clean sheets this season, I think. So... Hopefully an open game and kudos for me. Fair, do- fair dues. Uh, my third pick is going to be uh, Phil Foden um, for Man City. They're at home to Sheffield United. Um, looked very good against Everton. Looks like he's in good form at the moment. I know he's not a striker, but yeah, I've gone Phil Foden there. Uh, the next one for me, I've gone for Bakayo Saka. Arsenal have got Fulham away. Very Jacqueline Hyde for them at the moment. Don't know what team you're going to get, but I'm going to go for Saka to score. Yeah, I was, you know what? I'll shout out two players I, I haven't gone for because I used them last week, Alanga and Hoyland. I'd fancy both of those to score, to be honest, uh, this weekend, but I've mixed it up a bit. I was going to go Nunez um, against uh, Newcastle. Um, I think he might, I think I fancy him to score, but I did have him last week as well. So it's an upgrade, but I'd rather go with Nunez, but because I didn't have him last week, I've gone with Salah. Real slug-like behaviour from you. Pick number four for me, someone maybe close to your heart who's in a rich vein of scoring at the moment. I've gone for Garnacho. Mm, two goals, very, very good. Very, very good indeed. Um, I, I was struggling with the next one. I would like to have gone for Ollie Watkins because they are playing uh, against... Uh, I think they're playing Burnley, aren't they? Um, and I think there will be a reaction. They're very, They're very good at home, Aston Villa. Um, but if you don't go for Ollie Watkins, it's hard to uh, sort of go where you're going to go next. So um, I was just looking at their lineup, and it depends what he's going to do. Um, I'm going to go Leon Bailey. Interesting. I feel like you pulled that one from your arse. Number five yeah. for me, I had Nunes down, deleted it, because one man that we probably won't talk about on this podcast, but deserves a mention turned into Zlatan Ibrahimovic at St. James's Park, haunted his former manager, pick number five for me. Would you believe it? It's Chris Wood. Chris Wood is, well, I tell you what, I don't blame you. That's not John Fury, by the way. That's not John Fury. Uh, That's uh, Sean Dyche. Um, Who who Forrest got? Oh, Man United. God, I hope not. I really hope not. Um, this is where people will say you're doubling down on Man City. I am losing and I'm entitled to pick what I like. My goal score, my goalkeeper is Edison. Okay, I'll go for my goalkeeper will be... I'm going to go Martinez at Aston Villa. Good shout against Burnley. They're toothless. They're like a basking shark. Uh, and my goal scorer, I found it very, really difficult. Um I sort of looked at Villa and I couldn't think who would score for Villa as a defender because Pau Torres didn't play against United. So, again, I've gone for a game where I think there'll be goals, which has to be... I think Villa and Man City are the games where I think there's logically goals or Chelsea. So I was stuck between Thiago Silva or a Man City defender. 
You can guarantee Thiago Silva's going to score because I've gone for a Kanji. Okay, I'm going to go for William Saliba. Gabriel mm. scored against Liverpool in this game week. So I'm hoping for some Saliba magic from set pieces. Uh, who'd you go as your goalkeeper? Martinez, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Martinez. Well, that completes Goalbridge for this week. Remember, you can play along against us. Uh, five goal scorers who you think will score. We don't, we're not allowed to pick Haaland, by the way, because he'd be obvious against Sheffield United, I think. Uh, a, a defender to score and then a clean sheet as well. Will is winning at the moment, um, but there's plenty to play for in 2024, which reminds me, win, lose or draw. I've got no fucking idea what happened in that. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, have we got any either ors ahead of the, the, the this this weekend fixture? Some, I mean, Newcastle, Liverpool's the one, I suppose, isn't it? At Liverpool, um, Liverpool won there with ten men, of course, at the start of the season. Very impressive. Nunez scored a couple of goals. Newcastle are doing terrible. Will at the moment. I was actually talking about this. Ten Hag was under pressure. I don't know why he's under more pressure than uh, Pochettino and, and and Eddie Howe when you consider. I just think Newcastle's a, an easier job than Man United at the moment. But they've got their next three games are Liverpool away, Man City at home, and Villa away. I mean, Newcastle could be in a horrible position if they lose all three of those. Well, I don't understand what the comparison between Eddie Howe and Eric Ten Hag because when Eddie Howe took the job and if you'd have said that they'd be, what, sixth or seventh having just had a Champions League campaign after he came in within 18 months, 24 months and the expectations of where Eric Ten Hag should be, I just think they're completely different. It's the regression. I think, I think Eddie Howe has overachieved but now I think he's starting to underachieve. Um, he's almost paying the price of his, of his initial success because when I look at Newcastle, I see the wealthiest club in the world with a very good structure above him, like the CEO, the director of football are fantastic. The team is very, very good. Yes, he's got the injury excuse. And yes, the January transfer window is very, very big. But I just look at Newcastle and I think once you've been in the champ, when Newcastle are in the Champions League, you can't just go, oh, we, we enjoyed that. We'll never do that again. I mean, we've all had that in the bedroom. And the reality is, I think that if they lose their next three games, which I, I think they'll probably lose two of them, I look at where Brighton are, I look at where Chelsea are, I look at where Wolves are, they could find themselves in the bottom half. And then, that's what I mean. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Eddie Howe's in any, any immediate danger, but if, if they've got to do well in the January transfer window. And if they lose their next three games, I reckon they might be in the bottom half. And then that's when you've got to ask questions. I don't care who you are. Yeah. But I think we've done this on this podcast before and we've even brought it up with like writing off Eddie Howe and then get like, I'm not saying it will happen, but you could not easily see a world, but there is a world where they end up getting nine points and they're sort of back up and running because he does have those. He's still got the dressing room. There's no sort of like worry about that. So I still think they could get, you know, five points, six points, four points, and it's still been a positive after those three games. What worries me about Newcastle is, I always say never write Newcastle off at home. And then they got absolutely gutted by Forrest, didn't they? And their team that they put out wasn't terrible. Um, yeah, interest, interesting. I think Liverpool will win that one quite comfortably, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Forrest result taken away from it. I think the, the home games they got focused on in those ones. And I think Liverpool's point against Arsenal, there was like clear signs that they should have won that. And they're still ticking along. So I think, yeah, be comfortable Liverpool win. Uh, other games we've got that I think are quite interesting. Well, look, Forest at home to Manchester United, I suppose. Um, half past five on Saturday. 
Um, we would, I mean, Forest is a great result. Uh, Man United had a great result. Um, new manager for Forest. It's the sort of game where United would be completely inconsistent and go and get beat. Um, I can't wait for it. I'm really, I, I can't, I would, it wouldn't matter if we were playing Crystal Palace away because of how well we played against Villa. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this United game and I think United, a lot of United fans are, but I'm under no illusions of, as to how difficult it will be. Um, and you never know. It's like Forrest Gump. You just never know what you're going to get. Well, I think with that, that Forrest, like Newcastle started really well in that game and then Forrest just got set. You think how little Nuno's had with the team, got set. And uh, Langer was, I mean, I'm sure as a United fan, you were sort of seething of letting him go for the price that he did. And obviously, I don't know if Chris Woods at St. James's Park is a, a unique set of circumstances, but bit organised structure and good on the break. So, I mean, it could open up for Forrest there. But yeah, one of the best United performances of the season. Uh, where would you go, Forrest or United? Mm, I'm going to dampen your expectations. I'm actually going to go for a score draw. Yeah, I think the draw might be the logical thing, but I'm, I'm, I've got to say I can't wait for it. I can't wait for the watch along of that. I, you know, I never thought Forrest against Man United would be a really exciting game, although twats will say, well, you are a Forrest fan. But um, I, I, I actually, um, I think it's a cracking game. And under the lights on a Saturday night, just before the end of the year, I'm really looking forward to that one. You know what? I think the, 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 the best game after that is Newcastle, Liverpool, Forest, Man United are the two picks. You've got a lot of games that are, um, I think Luton, Chelsea will be boring or Chelsea will win easily. I think Villa will beat Burnley easily. Man City will beat Sheffield United easily. Um, Tottenham Bournemouth could be interesting. Fulham Arsenal could be mm. interesting. I actually think Wolves Everton is an interesting one. I've, I was I thought you were going to say Tottenham Bournemouth to be fair because the run Bournemouth are on and sort of Tottenham are yeah. coming back a little bit. It's sort of the purists' game, isn't it? Well, I think it's a massive month for Tottenham because apparently I know the Afcon is going to happen. So if you've got any African players, um, you're going to lose them if they, most likely. Yeah, I think Man United Amrabat and got. Um, uh, Ghana have got uh, Anana, who's been called up. Uh, but apparently there's something going on with Asia as well, because Son's off. It's the Asia Cup as well. Yeah, so, I mean, that's massive for, uh, for Spurs, really, losing losing Son. Um, I presume Basuma goes as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I, I, I think it's, I mean, even just thinking about FPL, you've got to make some real tactical decisions going into January. Hmm. I'd still fancy Tottenham to win that, but I wouldn't underestimate Bournemouth. Yeah, I think that would be a real chess battle on the tactical board. I think that. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know that one. I could see Bournemouth getting a, a cheeky win there. What? What? Just, just uh, you know, I know the Friday show is not normally as long as the Tuesday show, but we've been off for a little bit for Christmas. What's your thoughts on the title race now? I mean, we 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 bigged up that Arsenal Liverpool game. They actually there's something weird about the games before Christmas because you play them again very quickly I think it's the start yeah. of February that Arsenal Liverpool play each other um, we're looking at the table now and you've got Liverpool top as we speak although by the time you listen to this you'll know the Arsenal West Ham result um, Villa are still there or thereabouts I'm not putting Villa in it Will I just think their away form is just not good enough they were so bad I've seen them even against Brentford it was only because of Ben Mee sending off that they really got back into it I just don't think they're good enough away from home um, Man City looks so ominous I still think City are, are the team to beat Yeah I think we've maybe lured ourselves into a false sense of security because you know the, the gap between Man City and Arsenal was so much more 
going further into the season that you know Manchester City can swallow up these points easy I think but yeah they'll get ticking they'll get purring hopefully the one that can combat it is Liverpool because although the midfield's relatively inexperienced it's really performing maybe they mm. strengthen that in the in the January transfer window and you know even for someone like Nunes to sort of you know with maybe with Salah gone maybe Nunes steps up he's, he's obviously got the goal against Burnley I'd just like there to be a title race. That's the main thing. I don't want Manchester City to sort of start clicking and it'd be boring. Yeah, just looking at Liverpool's um, next few fixtures, Newcastle at home. The interesting thing about Liverpool is they've played Newcastle away, Spurs away, Chelsea away, um, Man City away. So they've got uh, a decent back half to the season. They're not in the Champions League. Their next few games, they've got Liverpool in uh, next few league games, uh, Newcastle at home. They've then got Bournemouth away. They've then got Chelsea at home. Uh, they've got Arsenal away, Burnley at home, Brentford away, Luton at home. Um, I think they've just got a cheer. The only thing I'd say about Liverpool is, even as a United fan, they dropped two points against us and they they probably should have beaten Arsenal, but I'd still say Man City, yeah. Yeah, that's the worrying thing. Um, do you want to move on to obviously just before Christmas you gave uh, a chance of a lifetime to win a match worn Mark Goldbridge jumper um, yeah. and we asked for fans to get in touch with uh, where you take Mark on holiday for Christmas and the calibre of entries Mark is absolutely fantastic so I've picked a few there's obviously a lot of ones have been you know talk about Man United and Glazers but me I think we're on the same sort of wavelength we like the really descriptive ones so I'll read some out. You rank them out of 10 and we'll sort of pick a best one if that works for you. Yeah, I did read a lot of these because uh, I was publishing them before Christmas, but uh, I'm excited to hear some of these and I'm sure you are at home as well. So we start with Liam McLovin. He said, Mark, I'll take you down the local snooker club where you'd get to use your new queue made of premium ash with an Irish linen grip, food at Miller and Carter and a few bevs at the local to follow. I, I like the sound of it. It's simplistic, but the quality of the queue is amazing. Yeah, nice. Uh, rating out of 10? I'll give that one a 7. Okay, I'll rattle through a few of these. Uh, there's a good football-related one actually here. It said It's from Char. He said, we would set up Home Alone like traps. The PGMLO would be invited. They would try to come around to ruin Christmas. After a series of traps, they beg to stop it. We tell them if they get rid of VAR, football is saved on Christmas. I like that because it was actually quite tame, like Home Alone. I did worry that we were gonna, they would plead for their lives and we would still kill them or something like that, yeah. which would have, got, would have took it too far. I like that one. I'll give it a six. Uh, Caden says, I would take you to Grimsby in a camper van, uh, park it on the seafront. We'd go for a few pints in the local boozer. And when we get back to the camper van, I would give you my present of a can of baked beans. I was worried what the present was going to be. I don't like that yeah. sound at all. Three. Okay. Um, I know you like Ireland, so I would take you to Dun Laghair. I definitely butchered Larry. that. Dublin. Dun Larry. Dun Larry. Dun Larry. Walk you down the pier, and then we'd get a fish and chips in the fish shack. Six. Okay. Nothing Final one for me then. Um, unless you've got any ones that you want to bring in. Uh, Nick, Nicky Defoe says, if you spent Christmas with me, Mark, I will take you to Benidorm for a bit of Spanish shun. I would buy you a Rolex gold colour. 
Yeah, I give that a five. I think we've got to go with the, with the first one. I mean, I will shout out a few people who were going to use time machines to take me back to watch the game at the new camp. A few, quite a few people went yeah. with that. Uh, there was a few filthy ones about, you know, tying themselves up and lube and letting me do anything and stuff like that. I, 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 20 years ago, maybe, but you know, not anymore. I'm not interested in that. Never so my I don't care. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. There's no entries that are going on like that. Um, some of them involved celebrations and t- picking out your best one. I don't know where I was picking them out from, but uh, filth, absolute filth. Um, bit of an admission to make, I've lost the jumper. I took it out on Christmas Day and I might have inadvertently... <laughs> inadvertently handed it out i don't think i have i think it's at my sister's house and i'm seeing a new year so hopefully it's going to come back but uh i did wear it out on christmas day uh to show off and um i don't know where it is i i, I think i did come back i only had two pints i definitely came back in it so it's around somewhere and uh it's winging its way to whoever that first person was lovely uh, that was we've got more of that to come Liam McLovin yeah Liam McLovin so Liam if you comment on Spotify your Instagram handle and I'll um, I'll message you and we'll get Mark's sister to send it direct brilliant um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this it's great to be back thanks for all your support on the podcast we've got some massive things coming up in 2024 and we're not going to speak to you until then anyway so um, yeah I'd, I'd just like to say uh, massive support it's been a a long but uh, fruitive fruitful um, first few months of the podcast to meet you know to be mixing it up with some of the big hitters in the podcasting sports space and everybody seems to be you know putting out a new podcast every week at the moment and they they all get these amazing guests but it's not really what we're about and um you know we're about building a community and i really appreciate all your top fives on your top uh transfers of january history in the premier league and also that var thing is is something and also get your comments in as ever i mean a lot of them a lot of the random comments actually end up being in the show and stuff like that or giving us ideas so really love the community and some really exciting stuff coming up in 2024 if i'm being honest yeah and i mean for me it's just the 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 lengths and strips of the the world where people are listening to i know we joked about the the lads we met in mcdonald's but seb pollen said i'm listening well nice meeting you and mark and mcdonald's the lads from stavanger entries from romania and I think like what sums it up for me that there was a week where we were third in the charts which we still don't understand about um, but number one was Gary Neville, Stick to Football. They had had David Beckham on. Number two was Gary Lineker's podcast, and they had Thierry Henry on. And number three was us in the chat. Aubrey Taves Football, and I had Will football. on. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, miracles do happen. Look, I, I, I built the United Stand. I built That's Football. I built it from the foundation up, and look at where they are now. I'm sure this podcast can be part of something very special. And if you're part of it from the start then, you know, you're part of the ultras. That's what it's all about. And I'm sure we can keep kicking on because uh, there's some big podcasts out there, And but I think we can be bigger. Um, Merry Christmas, but also Happy New Year, whatever you're doing. And uh, we will reconvene um, on the 2nd. Yeah, 2nd, and we'll be out later time of lunchtime just because we were going to record it in the morning, but uh, it'll still be there on a Tuesday. We won't let you down. Yeah, normally out at seven, but it'll be out at two on Tuesday because we're uh, we're not going to do it on New Year's Day. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. Big shout out to Will, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Don't forget to put your comments on, give us five stars, and give us a follow on uh, on those podcast platforms. And uh, I hope you all had a great Christmas. We'll speak to you soon. <laughs>